Welcome to Beyond Broken Hungry. Juggling your career, relationships, nutrition, fitness, finance, try to pursue your dreams and <laughs> stay sane can be a bit of a struggle. With the help of expertise from a variety of wellness experts and tips and tricks from everyday people, this podcast is here to share it all to make this journey we call life just a little more balanced. I'm stumbling towards wellness right alongside you, and I'm so happy to have you come along this journey. With that in mind, let's jump into this week's episode of Beyond Broken Hungry. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Beyond Broken Hungry. I'm your host, Dara Sweat, and today we have a very special guest, Jenny Cortano, a founder of All Together Wellness. Um, she is uh, actually a member at my gym, Graham Strength and Conditioning, um, and also my personal holistic doctor, uh, guiding me through the more functional approach um, to wellness and health. Um, I love working with Jenny because she doesn't just jump to this like, oh, prescription, here's your symptom, let's just put a Band-Aid on it. Um, she really wants to uh, work to get to the root of the actual problem rather than just like do the Band-Aid solution. Um, so I really have been loving working with her on my own personal health um, and kind of bringing her along the journey um, in, in my wellness experience. So without further ado, let me introduce Jenny. Jenny, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Of course. Um, so before we get into the nitty gritty of things, um, why don't you go ahead and tell the audience and, and a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thank you. So I am a physical therapist by training and I have been a PT for about 15 years now, but I've worked in a lot of settings where people have just been through crisis and trauma. So I've worked in the trauma unit with patients post brain injury in the NICU with patients who are, you know, really young and frail and their parents going through a really tumultuous time. And what I really have come to realize is our medical system is so broken. And so it led me down the journey of finding out what, what can we really do to help people instead of, like you said, band-aid their problems? And so a few years ago, I leaned on the path of functional medicine and I've really been enjoying that since. So I've loved starting to share that knowledge and information and really transform others' lives, not just band-aiding the symptoms, but figuring out what those underlying causes are and how they're interconnected. And then how do we start to make that person healthy and whole again? Awesome. So this definitely like maybe wasn't your initial plan when you first set along your career path and just kind of things kind of stumbled, stumbled into your lap. Yeah, I think for me, um, continuous learning is just part of who I am. So I would have always continued to learn and grow in some way, but my own personal health journey, along with the needs for my patients that I just felt like weren't being met in the more traditional healthcare setting is really what kind of led me to this. And I'm so glad I found it. Awesome. Awesome. So some of the things that we wanted to talk about today um, are like health factors that contribute to physical health um, that go beyond the way you feel and how your exercise is going. So what does that mean? Yeah, so I think uh, one of the things I've loved about being at Graham and being part of the team there, not just working out there, but being able to be part of the training team and, and be the physician, clinician, all of those roles and hats for people there is that I, I really get to investigate with them. How do we optimize their health? So some people come to me looking to improve their training and let's think about what are those underlying causes that are limiting them in putting on more muscle mass or losing fat or getting faster. And some people come to me and they're you know, wanting to improve a squat or coming with an injury. So I love that I can kind of dig in and realize that for example, somebody coming to me with knee pain might not just have knee pain, but 
there is an underlying cause of inflammation, something in their diet perhaps that is contributing to this um, continued knee pain, despite the fact that they're working out, they're eating healthy, they're doing their exercises in PT. And so I find a lot of people who are really frustrated with that process because they've been to other places and haven't gotten to the bottom of it. And we really have to start to dig in and realize that things like sleep and nutrition and stress management and gratitude practice and mindfulness and all of that really does contribute to our overall health. And there's some growing research that supports that, but really helping people break that down and figure out how do we apply that to get better physically. Yeah, for sure. So we talked about, like you talked about inflammation um, being maybe a cause of the pain rather than just like an injury itself. Um, So I know, and I know like a lot of conversations um, just in general from nutritionists and dietitians and things like that about inflammation right now um, is very popular. And like there, you know, people will talk about how like sugar is a cause of that or gluten, dairy, you know, blah, 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 blah. So um, how is, how, how really is inflammation and like, can, can affect like your overall optimization of your health? Yeah. So that's so interesting because I think people think of inflammation as kind of one of two things, right? So I've got a knee injury, for example, like you recently had your yeah. knee. <laughs> I'm smiling. People probably very real smile, and raw. But I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, Jenny's working with me on my knee. It's been a while. We're, we were getting to the nitty gritty of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, you know, you, you do something like twist it and you get that acute inflammatory response. You know, that's your body's reaction to a, an acute injury. But oftentimes when we're thinking about overall health and inflammation, it's more of this chronic response. And so specifically when we come back to the gut and think about things like gluten or dairy or sugar, um, what can happen is that whole process of digestion and going through the, you know, from the esophagus to the stomach, to the intestines and out, um, all of that can be a place where those things can be absorbed into the body, can cause inflammation because the body doesn't necessarily process them. We weren't necessarily meant to have the things that we have in our diet on a regular basis. And so it can cause this low-grade inflammation over time. And so that comes out in things like joint pain, um, allergies, skin issues, all of those things really are related to these underlying inflammatory issues. So why do you think that it is that like when somebody has a breakout of their, of their skin um, and they go to the dermatologist that it's just, oh, get this cream, take this steroid. Um, and there's really no further investigation unless you as your as the patient decide that that's what you want to do. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, we live in a society where medical care is driven by the insurance companies. And so insurance is is not there for the patient, right? At the end of the day, um, I've never seen an insurance building that's in shambles. They look to make money. And so the visit needs to be brief. It needs to be effective. And, and there is some research behind this because drug companies are another group that like to make a lot of money, right? And so they sponsor these trials and, and they do, you know, in fact, show good results. But the problem is oftentimes those medications were designed to be used acutely, whether you're talking about like an acne breakout or um, cholesterol, for example, all of those studies were done short-term. But the problem is then people go on these medications for years and the secondary effects to their body are just destructive. But coming back to why, why don't I think people really get to that? I think part of it is our population as a whole, right? Everybody wants a quick fix. 
it's certainly not easy to go the route of changing your diet, changing your lifestyle, getting to the bottom of that. And so it's the few that really want better for themselves overall and their next generation that are starting to ask more questions and look for more details and find a better solution than just the Band-Aid that will make it better, but it's changing something and making it worse underneath. For sure. And I know you and I have both talked about how like modern medicine is a gift in some cases, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. like, if you cut yourself, you know, on something and you need to, you know, get a tetanus shot or whatever, like those things mm-hmm. are important um, or like, you know, not necessarily like a quick fix type of thing, but if there's something that like, you know, maybe, maybe you don't, maybe it's chronic and you can't, or not chronic isn't the word, but maybe you can't wait two weeks to heal your gut sure. for like something to, to, yeah. to be fixed. Um, so that's one, another thing I really love about like working, working with you and like, and for anyone else who's, who's listening, who's thinking about going that holistic route. Um, one of the things I really do love about going this route is the fact that, you know, you do kind of have to learn, you're almost forced to learn to have a better lifestyle, not because you want to be fit or be skinny or whatever, but because it really truly will optimize your health. Right. I think those other things come as a secondary gain that, you know, the fitness, the, the weight loss, the, you know, optimization of your health across the board really comes from improving your diet, improving your sleep, all of those other things um, that come along with that. And there was something else you just had touched on. I wanted to come back to for a second, but one of the things I love about functional medicine, because I've come from a very traditional role and working in trauma, I'm grateful. We have trauma surgeons. I'm grateful. We have the technology. We certainly can save people we could have never saved before, but at the same time, then there's this gap between wellness and illness, right? So those patients are survivors, but they're still ill. And so there's an opportunity to make them better. And for those of us who are more on the wellness side of it, the idea behind functional medicine is really just to keep you there, to prevent you from getting ill. There's the acute care processes if you need them, and I'm grateful they're there, but hopefully we need them less and less as we optimize our lifestyle. Yeah, for sure. So for the person who's like, okay, well, you know, I, I want to have this optimization quote unquote of my health. Um, and I'm going to, I need to stop doing this and other thing, but I, I don't feel good right now. Like, and yes, I'll stop eating dairy. I'll stop eating gluten. I'll, I'll stop my sugar con- consumption. I'll, I'll lessen the amount of coffee and alcohol I drink, but I still don't, I don't feel good right now. Like what uh, words of advice or guidance would you give to that person who is like new to the journey, but is, is sick in this moment? Yeah. So I think, you know, in this moment, if you're really feeling unwell, you need to find somebody who you can work with, who can walk with you along the way. Um, Starting all those things on your own is sort of like throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping something sticks. So finding somebody who can walk you through the symptoms, listen to your lifestyle, listen to what you're ready to change versus what you're not can be really helpful. So, um, and somebody that has a background in functional medicine to be able to do that with you. Um, I think, The other piece of advice I have when somebody says like, I'm willing to do this and I'll speak for myself. I recently have had a lot going on and my stress has been higher and my own health has slipped. And I got to the point where I was like, okay, I don't feel good. I need to just start over. Um, You know, we started with eliminating all those things and I know it's not an immediate fix, which I think is something we're used to with technology being at our fingertips. Mm -hmm. So be patient um, would be my other big piece of advice. If you decide you're going to try some of these things on your own, give it two weeks. Um, don't expect an immediate result at day two. And in fact, expect that around day three to five, you're probably going to feel worse, especially if you're used to having the caffeine and the sugar and all the other things 
that your body's going to have to detox from a little bit before you really start to feel better. Um, so those would be my two biggest pieces of advice. Yeah. It's funny that you said that you might feel worse after switching those things out because I just recently uh, decided to kind of like, I don't really do too much gluten and dairy anyways. Um, I know that even a little bit of dairy can be detrimental for you depending on, depending on your gut. Um, but I am a coffee drinker and not, I don't drink like multiple cups a day or anything, but I, I like to have a cup of coffee in the morning. Um, and like this past week, starting on Monday, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to do like a week or two with no coffee and, and, and no, and no alcohol for a week. And just kind of really like reset a little bit, um, because I hadn't been feeling so great. And then, um, it, I think it was yesterday. Well, I'm going to be doing this in the future. So it was a day, (laughs) um, you know, probably about two, three days in, I went and, you know, had to do some errands in between working and everything. And I'm not really a napper. Like I, I don't nap during the week, like maybe on the weekend, slow Sunday, Saturday, whatever, but it was like a Wednesday afternoon. And I was like, Oh my God, I cannot keep my eyes open. Like I need to lay down. And I slept for two hours in the middle of the day, just, just, knocked out and then woke up and then I felt better, but I, but I was like, oh my gosh, like, why am I so tired? And it's, you know, my, probably my body's adjusting to not having coffee. (laughs) Right. Right. Absolutely. And sugar too, is a big one. I feel like it sneaks into everything. You know, Mm -hmm. I I think that's another thing. If someone decides they want to start making that change is just bringing awareness to what you have, start reading the labels and notice all the things that have sugar or sugar-like things added to them. Cause it's almost everything we consume. It's crazy. But yeah, that, that for me is always the worst one on day three. Cause I'm a little bit of a sugar addict. And so day three is like, whew, that's tough. Yeah. I just, that's when you're like, okay, my body, my, th- maybe this is actually a problem. If I'm like only three days in and my body's yeah. like, I need it. Where is yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but then you have to find those alternatives. Like green tea is great, but it just, it, it, it satisfies that, like kind of what you need in the morning energy wise, but then it's uh-huh. like the soulness of coffee isn't there. (laughs) Yeah. It's a habit, right? It's a behavior because, and we have some feeling associated with it most of the time. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think we find that a lot with eating too. Like I know I'm a boredom eater and a stress eater. So those are not good times for me to try and give up sugar because (laughs) if I'm trying to make that change, that's just not a time to do it. Right. It's not easy, not easy to go about that path. Um, so in terms of, uh, let's talk about dairy for a moment. Okay. Um, so I think it's extremely funny and ironic that, you know, one of the things that you first told me when we first kind of started this, and even though I was on my da- my decline with dairy anyway, it was, you know, maybe we should eliminate dairy and you grew up on a dairy farm. <laughs> I did. I did. So, <laughs> so tell me about, about how that transition was for, for you when you literally grew up in, in the heart of it. Yeah. You know, I think I was in denial for a long time is really what it came down to. I I was sure that dairy wasn't the cause of it. And, um, you know, there was other things and I've multiple times gone down this path and gotten rid of multiple things at once. But I'll tell you probably the the aha moment for me, the light bulb was when my son was born and we were having a lot of problems with colic and things like that. And at two months, I gave up dairy and his behavior changed within 10 days. That was the only change in my diet. And I had been working with our nutrition coach at the time. And I lost two inches off my waist in a week. 
No, there's no way I lost two inches in a week, right? Um, it was all inflammation. And so I think that was probably the hard to deny piece for me was here's the objective data. You know, you feel better, you know, your body's functioning better, but also your body is changing in response to this one change you've made. Um, so I think that that denial was still runs deep, but I, I've had to face it. Um, and I, I still, I struggle with that because I really enjoy cheese. I'm a Wisconsin girl through and through. Um, but I, I've learned to live without it um, or just to know that if I really do want that every once in a while, I'm probably going to not feel great as a result. Yeah, I kind of have to suffer the consequences. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I, you know, I limit it to when it's important. I found some good supplements. Um, so, you know, there's some pretty good non-dairy ice creams now that if I really need a sweet treat, I feel like um, can be fulfilling as much as possible. Um, I can't do the dairy-free cheese. Like that's just imposter syndrome to me and I, I just can't do it. But um, I've tried so many different ones. Uh, the only one that I found so far that's like bearable is um, it's actually from Trader Joe's and there is a little bit of like lactose in it, okay. um, but it's the, the almond almond cheese. It's like oh. made made from like almond milk or something. Okay. Um, and I've, I've tried it before and it doesn't really melt that great, but like yeah. if you're putting it on a salad or like in a wrap or something like that, like it, it works, but it gives it that flavor. That's yeah. I'll have to check that out. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I just tried, um, this, uh, dairy-free cream cheese. Um, it starts with an M I can't remember what the brand is. Okay. Um, but the consistency of it was very like, okay, this is whatever. But I did not realize that I got the fish flavored cream cheese. Oh. So that kind of put a weird taste in my mouth. So I was like, yeah. okay, I'm going to have to try this again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The flavor that works better. <laughs> right. I've had the Kite Hill dairy-free cream cheese and that wasn't bad. Um, it, it didn't melt down super nicely either, but that one was a, was a decent substitute. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just a journey, you know, and for me, all of those pieces have become like, you have to your why has to be bigger than your desire to have it, right? So, right. you know, when I was younger and was probably going out more and more social and didn't have kids at home, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to take all of those steps. And then as I got a little older and our lifestyle changed and my health was, you know, becoming a bigger priority, I think was when I started to realize if you want to be young and healthy and play with your kids on the playground and not have joint issues and control your allergies and all these other things, which you want, you need to make those changes, um, but you have to be ready to do it. Yeah, for sure. So when you're meeting with a, a patient or, or a client um, that's not necessarily coming to you for um, like the wellness part of things, I mean, it, it all kinds of kind of goes hands in hand in hand. Yeah. Um, but if they're coming to you as a physical therapy uh, patient, client, um, obviously inflammation could be due to their diet or, or whatever the injury is. Um, but how do you approach that conversation um, to somebody who is like, I'm just here for physical therapy. Like, I, you know, I'm just trying to, I just want to be able to like lift better and do this, that, and the other thing. Um, how do you approach that conversation to be like, hey, maybe this is what you need to be doing outside of this? Yeah, you know, I think that's a good question. I am here to walk this journey next to somebody. So if they're saying, no, 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 I only want the PT and not the wellness piece of it, I will work with them on that. Um, I still like to explore it as we get started. So I have a better idea of, of you know, how well I think they're going to do and how quickly and why. 
Um, and then I can decide from there. You know, sometimes patients come to me just for PT, but they're like my shoulder and my hip and my knee and my ankle. And I'm like, Hey, we might need to talk about why all of these things are hurting because you weren't in a car accident. Right. So some things causing all this underlying inflammation. And as we continue to work together and they realize that I'm there for them and I just want them to be healthy, whether that's just through PT or we really need to pull in these other pieces. Um, I think that I find most patients are more open to hearing more as we go. Very cool. So what are you, what are you finding um, in the wellness side of things? Like the, you know, I know that you have um, recommended, I almost said prescribed, but it's not really, it kind of is prescribed. Um, the, the alternate um, allergy medicine medication um, that you recommended to me. So um, how are you going about finding these more functional, um, not so much medications, but holistic approaches um, to, let's say, let's just call it replacing your leeches in your medicine cabinet? Yeah. So um, I think a lot of that really has come through my functional medicine learning and training. So I've been um, part of a training program and institute for the last two years and just continue to grow my knowledge and experience just like I did as a PT um, but I've really been fortunate that that group has exposed me and given me the opportunity to have my own store, so to speak, to be able to recommend high quality products. So looking at things, if you're shopping outside of that, um, that are CGMP certified. And what that basically means is that they're certified for their potency, their purity, and what the product is, right? So most places they are checking that what they say is in the product is actually what it is. Um, but what they do also with the CPMG is making sure that, um, I'm sorry, CGMP, is making sure that the product is also pure and potent. So they're going to make sure that what you're getting is actually what you're supposed to be getting and that it's at the um, highest level of absorption. So you can go buy a vitamin C from Walmart and you'll get some of it. But if you buy one that's actually certified, it's going to be in a form that you can actually absorb. And so you're going to get the benefit to your body. So I'm fortunate that I have a place that I can source those from and recommend them to my clients because I only want them to take something that's worthwhile if they're going to take right. it. For sure. For sure. Well, let's talk about the six areas that can be optimized um, to complete your health. Um, so those six items are diet, exercise, sleep, relationship, stress management, toxic reduction. That sounds like a lot. So, <laughs> so let's, let's talk about each of those things. Um, because I know from the outside looking in, it seems like, oh my God, all of these things that I have to do and pay attention to and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, but they, the big picture really is all of these pieces encompassed together. Yeah. Um, so how do these all link? Yeah. So really all of them are going to impact how your body processes, what you're putting in it, um, how it's excreting what needs to come out of it, right? So it's all about the ability to take in what's in our environment, good or bad, transform it into what our body needs, and then eliminate what it doesn't. And so if we're not good at that, that's where we're going to end up with more inflammation, more stress on our bodies, um, heading down that path of disease, right? So when we think about those things, and it does sound overwhelming, but oftentimes this is where I'll start just as a general idea for patients. You know, what do you, what do you go through in a day? What does your schedule look like? How many times a week are you working out? How many times a week, how many times a day are you eating? How many servings of vegetables are you getting a week? And so we can just start to break that down and pick some really simple ways to start making changes that can work towards optimizing health. 
for example, I've got a client right now who is really inflamed in a lot of areas. We've got a lot of problems. You know, we score that out. There's some really cool tools we use for that um, that I don't think you and I have even done. But um, giving her kind of this assessment of where her health is overall. And so I can look at that and really clearly go, okay, this is a lot of inflammation. So how do we start to break that down? She hates vegetables. I said, okay, where can we get more vegetables into your day? Because vegetables are gonna give you more fiber, give you more healthy food. They're gonna feed your healthy gut microbiome, which we need. Um, that is such a highly populated area. It's actually outnumbers our cells by something crazy like 10 to one. Um, so we've got to feed those little guys to keep them healthy and happy. And one of the best ways to do that is vegetables. So we just started talking about, can you put more vegetables in your diet? What does that look like? What do you like? What do you not like? Um, so, you know, we start there. We think about how we feed our bodies to reduce that inflammation. Exercise is a great way, not just to manage our body, um, manage our muscles, but also to um, reduce or excrete the, the bad things, right? So sweat is one of the ways that we reduce toxins in our body. So that's a nice, simple way. If you're not moving to just start moving and reduce toxins that way, be really beneficial as well. So those are two of the big ones that I feel like a lot of times people come to me with that knowledge, right? Those are healthy habits. Everybody knows are health related. Sleep is another big one for clients that aren't sleeping more than like six hours a night, optimally seven to nine, but less than six, they're actually more likely to choose high fat, high sugar breakfast. They're more likely to be attracted to those things. They're more likely to have issues with their blood sugar and inflammation and everything else. So we have to start to break that down too. Okay. If you're not sleeping, what can we do to change that? What are some little steps? Where do we start? Um, so all of those things start to weave together. I'm sure you can see as we see this process of what comes in, what's healthy, what's not, how do we eliminate the bad things and all of that overlaps. Um, and then certainly as we get into relationships and stress, all of that impacts as well. And then toxins is such an interesting one because there are so many things in our environment that are toxic and that could be a whole nother you know, show it's, another day. <laughs> it's overwhelming sometimes. It like really when, when you look at things and you're like, oh my God, like the chair I'm sitting on has toxins that could be yes. released into my body. And, blah, blah. Right. and you're like, you, you almost get to the point where you're like, I'm just never going to leave my house. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you can't because you'll make yourself crazy. Right. And then right. we've affected the relationships piece of it. So it's right. all got to be a balance. Um, but finding out where in, in that balance, might we want to improve some individual's life to make them overall healthier is important. Yeah. So what is, when it comes to toxic reduction, like what is like maybe one or two pieces of advice um, or supplements or yeah. things like that, that somebody can take or things that you can do um, yeah. to maybe detox daily, weekly, monthly, or however, however the best route to go about that is. Yeah. So I think um, one of the, the simple things all of us can do is just make sure we're well hydrated, right? Because water is going to help flush those things out of our system. And so putting enough water in to make sure we can collect those toxins and move them out is a great way to detox. Um, another one is just making sure you're regular. So, um, you know, we could have a whole episode about poop, but I'll spare you guys on that <laughs> one too. Um, but you've got to be regular because that's another way toxins em empty your body. So if you're only going every couple of days, that is not normal. And you should probably talk to your um, clinician or somebody to see about getting more regular because that's another good way to detox. Um, and then sweating it out. All three of those are, are relatively simple things that anybody can do. But I think, you know, like you said, it's things like um, what are what's in our environment. So simple ones could be reducing plastics. You know, I put my food on a plate 
if I have to put it in the microwave instead of microwaving in plastic, for example, um, avoid plastic water bottles when I can, um, just because there's so much, so many chemicals that can leach out of that plastic and into our water or our food that can then be absorbed into our bodies. Yeah, for sure. So for the, I know that, you know, maybe some people that are like kind of wishy-washy on the gratitude and, and mental space being, yeah. um, being a, an element to health, they, you know, people maybe call it woo-woo, um, as Jake Thompson likes to call it. Um, <laughs> but so how, how can practicing gratitude make my overall wellness better? Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. They've just come out with some really cool studies starting to show that people who practice gratitude and regular meditation actually have overall better quality of life. Um, so, you know, there's so many things that cause our stress levels to go up, our cortisol to go up. And so cortisol is that hormone that should come out when there's a tiger chasing us, right? When you think back to like nomadic times, but the reality is now we live in a world where our cortisol levels are high all the time because your phone's constantly beeping, you're getting an email, your boss is calling, somebody else can reach you at a moment's notice. And so there's information coming at us so quickly that our cortisol levels are staying up. And that's not the only reason, but that's a part of it. So practicing things like meditation and gratitude have been shown to reduce those cortisol levels, improve our dopamine and our serotonin and our really positive neurotransmitters that make us feel good. Um, and so both of those things then can just help with overall wellness. Right on, right on. Well, this has been super awesome um, to chat with you and kind of go over some of these things. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add? Any tips you would like to give before we close out? Um, you know, I think if this is overwhelming, right, as we said, it can be overwhelming if somebody's thinking, gosh, I want to do something different and I don't even know where to start. I think step one is just starting from looking at, at what, what's going on, right? So I mentioned there's all these six areas. It doesn't have to be that overwhelming, you know, to find a clinician you can talk to or start to assess that yourself and just think in these six areas, how am I doing? Um, and, and then go from there, pick one thing to work on, pick one place to start. But certainly if, if you're looking for somebody to help you with that, I'm here for that. Um, I do telehealth consults as well. And I have some really great coaching programs that are going to be opening up really soon. And I'd love to have somebody in that if that's what they feel like they need in their life right now. Awesome. So if somebody does need that in their life right now, what's the best way they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So our website is altogetherwellness.net. And so you can find a place there to contact us and read more about our programs that we're offering. Um, but feel free to drop a line, put a place on my calendar and just talk to me a little bit more specifically about what you've got going on if you wonder if we're right for you. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much, Jenny, for being a part of this podcast. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me and share a little bit uh, more about functional uh, medicine and wellness um, for people who might be just curious as to what the heck is it um, and how to go about it. So I really appreciate your time. Sarah, thank you for having me. I appreciate you bringing me into your world and thank you for letting me share. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Beyond Broken Hungry. If you aren't already, be sure to subscribe to Beyond Broken Hungry wherever you get your podcast so you can get notified every time a new episode drops. It would also mean the world to me if you rate, review, and share the podcast too so more people can join the BBH tribe. Follow this podcast on social media at Beyond Broken Hungry to interact and see how I'm stumbling toward wellness one day at a time. And most importantly, tune back in next week for another episode. See you then.